0: You are listening to Western Iowa's information leader, KCIM. I'm Nathan Cones, here with your midday news for Thursday, January 4th, 2024. Authorities released very limited details of a school shooting at the Perry High School in Perry this morning following a brief press conference at 10 a.m., Dallas County Sheriff Adam Infante says law enforcement was first notified of the active shooter at seven thirty seven am
1: We had a Sears radio activation at the high school, which indicated an active shooter situation. Our officer first arrived within seven minutes of that activation and located multiple gunshot victims.
0: Infante says they were still working to determine an accurate victim
1: count. We're still unclear of exactly how many are injured or what the extent of those are, but we're working on that right now. There is no further danger to the public. The community is safe. We're just now working backwards, trying to figure out everything that happened and make notifications.
0: Infante says they are fortunate classes were not in session yet for the day when the shooting began.
1: School didn't start yet, luckily, uh, so there was very few students and faculty in the building. Uh, which I think contributed to uh, a good outcome in that sense. But we'll have more information later on this afternoon. We will not be releasing any more information in the meantime. Uh, so please be patient with us so that we can talk with these victims and their families and try and figure out what happened.
0: Enfante says authorities have identified the shooter but have not released any other information, such as the suspect's status, age, or name. Infante adds that many students in the district have already been reunited with their parents or guardians.
1: The reunification center has already been established, and that most of those, I think all the kids have been reunified already, so we're good in that, in that area.
0: Law enforcement declined to provide any other information. However, they indicated they would be hosting another press conference this afternoon. This is a developing story, and Carol Broadcasting will bring you more information as it becomes available. Looking elsewhere, Carroll residents will be unable to enjoy the community ice skating rink in Rolling Hills Park this winter after vandals seriously damaged the venue. In an announcement yesterday, city officials said the rink will be closed for the season after the latest in a series of reported vandalism to the site. Authorities say the guilty parties broke into the locked area, damaging the fence, smashing holes in the developing ice and the liner, and freezing sticks into the surface, creating a potentially dangerous situation for skaters if they were to open. Due to the extent of the damage, city officials indicated it would not be possible for the rink to operate this season. Anyone with information about the trespassing or resulting damages is asked to contact Carroll City Hall at 792 1000 or the Carroll Police Department at 792 3536. And fuel prices trended downward in the first week of the new year, according to the latest report from the Iowa Department of Agriculture and AAA Iowa. As of Wednesday, the average price for a gallon of regular unleaded gasoline. In the state was two dollars and seventy nine cents down one cent from last week and twenty two cents below prices from a year ago. The national average for gasoline on Wednesday was down three cents to three o nine per gallon. Retail diesel prices in Iowa fell four cents on the week to an average of three dollars sixty five cents compared to four twenty one per gallon last year. Local prices remained thirty three cents below the national average of three ninety eight Wholesale ethanol was unchanged from two dollars sixteen cents. And heating fuels, propane prices averaged $1.56 per gallon. Home heating oil averaged three oh one dollars per gallon. And natural gas prices at the Henry Hub reporting site climbed $0.16 cents to $2.67 per MMBTU. And we do need to step away here for just a moment. We'll be right back. More news on the way after this on KCIM.
2: People's Company announces an upcoming farmland auction Friday, January 19th at 10 a.m. at the Calhoun County Expo Center, Rockwell City. These 163 acres will be sold in two tracks. Track 1 includes 138 acres with a CSR 2 of 86.6. Track 2 includes 25 acres with a CSR 2 of 82.7. The farmland located just east of Rockwell City on Preston Avenue. The farm will be offered as two tracks at public auction on January 19th at 10 a.m. at the Calhoun County Expo Center, Rockwell City. Online bidding available as well. Contact listing agent Matt Adams, email him matt at peoplescompany.com. Matt at peoplescompany.com. That's matt at peoplescompany.com for more information. 163 acres of Calhoun County farmland up for auction. Friday, January 19th, 10 a.m. at the Calhoun County Expo Center in Rockwell City.
1: Stewart Memorial Community Hospital and McCrary Rose Clinics are proud to announce the growth of their orthopedic services. You can now schedule a consultation with Dr. Elijah Miller and nurse practitioner Lacey Crimmins every Thursday in Lake City. Joint replacement, fracture care, and sports medicine close to home. When you need orthopedics, choose excellence. Choose Stewart Memorial. Call 464-7907 today.
0: Welcome back to KCIM's Midday News. I'm Nathan Cones reporting. At a special meeting Tuesday, the Sac City City Council approved the second reading of an ordinance to aid in clearing debris that could cause potential safety issues in town. City Administrator Jamie Lawrence says that the city has quite a few dead ash trees around the community that drop branches and twigs, and this ordinance is a solution to disposing of that debris through burning.
3: Currently, we don't allow burning from December 1st to May 1st. What this would entail is allowing people that need to remove to ash tree or whatever type of debris they have could apply for a permit to the city council to be able to burn outside of those regular burning dates.
0: Due to the current burning regulations, the dead trees continue to stay as community members would not have a place to take the trees after they're taken down. Lawrence says that by lifting the burn restrictions, the city hopes people will be more willing to tear down their dead trees, stopping the issue of branches falling into the street or the tree completely coming down altogether.
3: The main safety issue, of course, would be if they don't want to remove the tree because they can't get rid of the debris, a dead-falling tree can, of course, do a lot of damage to a person it that falls on top of injures.
0: Lawrence explains that there is a process to get approved to be able to burn in city limits as the city does want to make the police department and fire department aware of potential burns to avoid unnecessary dispatches.
3: If somebody wants to burn outside of the regular burning dates, then they would come to the city hall and apply for a permit. That permit would go to city council. They would either approve or reject it, which the permit would require that they put the dates that they're going to plan burning. If approved, then the only other stipulation is that they notify the county communication center in the police department at least an hour before they burn so they're aware of it.
0: The third reading of the ordinance will be held during the City Council's next regular meeting. That's scheduled for January 9th. And the Coon rapids Barrett and Glen rawson Community School Districts have approved a shared agreement of a superintendent in their December school board meetings. Coon rapids Barrett currently shares Superintendent Eric Traeger, who will be retiring at the end of the school year with the Audubon Community School District. Audubon has announced that it is entering a new sharing agreement with a different district for the 24-25 school year. Traeger says after exploring their options, Glidden was the best fit for the Coon Rapids Baird District.
4: We were approached in Audubon by Xyra Alcorn to explore a relationship there and decided to go that route, which left Coon Rapids kind of open. And then it turned out that Craig Lynch at Glidden also announced his retirement. So really kind of everything aligned so that it worked out pretty well. And logistically, you know, Glidden is the closest district to Coon rapids Bear more similar in size. And and we felt like that was a good opportunity to share that leadership position.
0: Grunmeyer Leader Search has been approved as the search firm to aid in finding the next candidate for that position. Traeger says both districts are conducting a survey to allow stakeholders and community members to voice their opinions to aid Grunmeyer Leader Search in finding the ideal professional for the role.
4: It gives us an opportunity to kind of hone in on what thing that the communities are hoping we will be able to find for our next superintendent. So, for example, is fiscal knowledge more important than community involvement, or is it the other way around? Kind of what do people want to see in their next superintendent?
0: After that survey is closed on January 12th, the districts will continue to take applications for the position until January 28th. On February 7th, the screening interviews will be taking place with the final interviews scheduled the following week on February 14th. Again, the survey is open until January 12th and is included with this story on our website. And that is going to be wrapping up your KCIM Midday News for Thursday, January 4th, 2024. I do want to take a moment and remind you that uh, John and I did have an interview with uh, Senator Jason Schultz of District 6 to preview the upcoming legislative session that can be found online in its entirety on 1380kcim.com. I'm Nathan Cohns, reporting.